Well, good morning, friends. Grab your Bibles, grab your notepads, and we're going to get into Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. A lot of scripture this morning, so this may be um, a Monday, Tuesday thing. This is podcast number 387 for Monday, October 4th. I pray that you're well. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul's still dealing with um, the enemy of the church at this point, which is Gnosticism. And can I say that the more that I look around, I think this Gnosticism is facing, we're facing that as a church as today, as a church today. Gnostic, remember, means knowledge. And I think we're at a, we're, we're, we're at a time where we are following too much the knowledge and the teaching of the world. And I'm talking about inside the church. There's a recent poll that was done by Barna that says that 72% of Americans still call themselves Christians, and yet only six of them have a biblical worldview. And a biblical worldview means that we look at the world through the eyes of the Bible, and we look at the world through the eyes of um, of Christ. Uh, the Bible talks about us understanding the times in which we live in and and understanding when um, we are at a time of deception. And I think there's so much deception. Um, we need to be so careful, church. We need to be so careful of what we're listening to. I see posts all the time from people that I know and that are believers, and the posts are not biblical at all about what's going on in our in 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 our world and what we should be seeking uh what we should be doing is spending time in the word of god and and more so as we see so much of the things that are going on in the world and so this podcast if it ever gets away from teaching you the word of god you need to shut it off and go find another one that just teaches the word of god and I'm not going to apologize for telling you that we need to teach the Word of God. It is as relevant today as it's ever been, and we need to hold fast. So let's look at our two memory verses, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19. I pray that you're putting these to memory. His for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In him, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell to dwell. Jesus lacked nothing, nothing. And that's the, the, the attack of the Gnostics here, that Jesus was just an emanation or a visitation from the Lord, that he didn't have a material body because material bodies were evil. And that is not the truth. And we need to understand that that is creeping into the church, this Gnostic belief again. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 uh, says, for in him, Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells. And how does it dwell? It dwells bodily. It dwells bodily. So while we're right there in second, or excuse me, in Colossians chapter two, let's read our verses for the day, eight through 10. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy. Now there is good philosophy. There's Christian philosophy. It is, it is how we look at things, but don't be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. We need to be careful where the source of this philosophy and the source of our knowledge comes from, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him the fullness, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all 
rule and authority, un underline all, all rule and authority. Uh, the Gnostics taught that there was a realm that Christ had nothing to do with. And the Gnostics taught that there was a spiritual realm that was um, not in control, uh, not controlled by Christ because Christ was just a emanation from that spiritual realm. Now he mentions the word traditions here, human tradition in verse eight. We need to be careful because what Christ dealt with many times with the Pharisee was the fact that they were preaching human tradition above or adding it to the word of God. And it cannot be so. The word of God is pure. It is complete. It is what we need. Now, um, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There was a time in the church of creeds. A creed was a, a belief system. I'm reading um, uh, and studying the Apostles' Creed in my own study time, and we may do a series on it. The creed uh, was put out uh, for uh, the necessity of making sure that people understood what the New Testament church believed. Uh, the word creed is derived from the word credo. It is an attempt to summarize the main points of the Christian belief. It's not exhaustive, nor is it meant to be. And the earliest Christian creed uh, appears to have been simply Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and uh, verse 3. Many scholars believe that this was Paul talking about um, something that was like a creed in the church and probably one of the first creeds like Jesus is Lord. He said this, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Now, that can be two Two, two sources of, uh, that can be two sources. One member of Christ uh, revealed himself to uh, uh, Saul at that time on the Damascus road. And then he pulled uh, Saul aside to prepare him for what was to be. And so this is one of the sources of the things that he received, but also he went back to Jerusalem later and sat down with the disciples. And here's what he said. I received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Underline that with the scriptures. Now he's talking about the Old Testament. That Remember in Luke chapter 24 on the road to Emmaus, Jesus taught his those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He took them all the way back to Moses and the prophets, and he taught them what would happen to the Messiah, the Christ. And so he brought them up to date. And how did he do that? He did it by teaching them the scriptures. Verse five, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive. So he says, check it out. Though some have fallen asleep, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So Paul is laying down um, what he has been taught either uh, by by Christ or by the by the uh, the apostles that that this form of tradition or creed is important, but human tradition is not. Let's look at Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. Um, if I come across a little concern today, it is because I am. I'm concerned for what you're taking in and what I'm taking in. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. 
Paul says this, so then, this is 2 Thessalonians, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, says this, so then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by who? By us. Remember, it's the source of the tradition that is so important. It's the source of the information that is so important either by our spoken word or by our letters. So either through our conversations or through the letters that I have sent, we need to hold fast to this. But again, he says, be careful of the source. So turn over a page to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 6. Verse 6, there was idleness in the church. Some people were waiting for the second coming of the Lord or the rapture of, uh, or the rapture of the church. And, and they were waiting and they were sitting back idling and just waiting and doing nothing. And Paul says to them, now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us or the teaching that you receive from us. Idleness was not to be accepted. People need to work. Paul says in one place, if you don't work, you don't eat. A man who doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel, he says in another place. So he says, stay away from this idleness and hold fast to the teaching or the traditions that I have given you. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses one and two, it says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, circle in, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who then are able to teach others. We need to, uh, uh, to, to, to borrow a phrase from uh, Pastor Michael Hearns. We need to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It is this ongoing passing down the teaching uh, of the scripture to others so that we can encourage them to become disciples and not just Christians. We don't, we're, God is not just looking for us to make followers or a fan club. He's looking for us to make disciples. On that note, uh, let's just go back to Matthew so it's very clear. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 16 a scripture that just comes to mind because so much has been going on um, in my my little world, right? And the teaching that I take in, which by the way is continuous, it is daily, it is ongoing. Why? Because I don't know anything. I, all I know is what I receive each day from the scripture. And so it adds up, it does. And I'm not trying to be self-effacing and say I don't know anything, but the more I look at scripture, the less I know. There's so much to know. Um, and so it's not that I don't know anything. I guess it's just that I'm constantly learning and constantly a student. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Um, the last words that you would speak to somebody would be incredibly important. And some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples are in these verses. He says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. They didn't doubt him but they doubted that they were able to do probably what was about to be asked of them. All He says, and Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven, all, underline all, 
in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, not teach what you want to teach, not teach the latest book or the latest podcast or the latest, no, no, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Some people say, well, the disciples had a great responsibility. Yes, they did. And yet that responsibility continued when Christ left. And that responsibility was to continue to what uh, to teach what Jesus taught them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Some doubted that they may be able to do it. He said, I'm with you to the end. We are not by ourselves. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. Um, Mary uh, hearing from the angel that she would have a child and you will call his name Emmanuel. Manu- Emmanuel meaning God with us. I will not leave you alone. In the Old Testament up until the time of Christ, um, up until the time of Christ's death, the Holy Spirit would dwell uh, externally. But you remember on the day of Pentecost, um, they were in the upper room and uh, and God moved on them. The Holy Spirit moved on them and they received the Holy Spirit in indwelling, internal indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. It is imperative that we understand that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, work in complete unity and complete harmony. And because of that, there is no separation in what is being uh, taught and what is happening. Jesus said, it's imperative that I go away. If I go away, the Holy Spirit then will come. He will take up residence in you and he will continue to teach you the things that I brought to you and taught you the things that you're not ready to receive yet, but there will be a time that you're able to receive it. He will not speak of himself, Jesus went on to say about the Holy Spirit, but he will speak of me. John chapter 20, again, back to um, some of this Gnostic teaching that Jesus um, was just an emanation, that Jesus wasn't real physical flesh. In John chapter 20, in fact, I'm going to leave these verses with you for your homework. Verses 19 through 29, John 20, 19 through 29, Jesus appears to his disciples in his uh, body that is changed. It's still physical because he eats with them, but it's also um, um, something other than that because it's glorified because he's able to come through a locked door. But then he reveals himself to Thomas to show that he is the exactly who he is. He is Jesus Christ. He is still in the flesh. He says, touch my hands and my side. See that I am flesh. I am not a spirit. I'm not an emanation. On this um, teaching, I want to continue to, to, to challenge you where you're getting your teaching from. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. You remember we were just reading some verses there about being good soldiers in Christ Jesus, about, about being strengthened in the grace of Christ and, and, and being disciples who make disciples who make disciples. But look at verse 15 of chapter 2. He says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word 
of truth, rightly handling the word of truth. We don't need to just read the scripture. We need to make sure that we're understanding it so that we can rightly handle it. And what do we do with that? We pass that on to others. We are disciples, again, who make disciples, who make disciples. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll bring this to a conclusion. Verse 14 through 21. Quite a few verses, but I think so important. Paul says this in Ephesians three fourteen. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. For what reason? For the mystery that has been revealed to him and for the mystery that he is to reveal to others, that the Gentiles would be a part of the body of Christ. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Humility before I teach. Humility before the Father, because it is not me, it is him working through me. From whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Where do you need strength? You need strength inward because it's out of, <coughs> excuse me, the Bible says it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. What is we're taking in will eventually come out. So the Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. He said you need to be rooted and grounded in love. We hear a lot about love today and that love is the key. But what he's teaching here is the love of Christ and the love of Christ that flows in us and through us, not a human love. It is not human love that will fix the day. It is Christ's love. It is not human love that will fix the day. It is Christ's love. May have strength, uh, you, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. Again, not human love, but the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is that same term fullness that we read earlier about Christ, that he was the fullness. He lacked nothing. And this word fullness for us means that we would lack nothing. He doesn't want us to lack anything in our relationship with Christ. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we Ask or think according to the power at work with, within us, within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generation forever for and ever. Amen. Who gets the glory? Not man, but Christ. Not our teaching, but Christ's teaching flowing through us. Can I just challenge you at the end, like I challenged you at the beginning of this, to be careful what you take in. The Bible says to guard your heart. And that's, it's like a military term to set a guard or to set a sentry at your heart and to be careful what you take in. I need to be careful. You need to be careful what we take in because eventually what we take in will, will, will do its work. If we're taking in ungodliness, if we're taking in worldly uh, viewpoints and worldly attitudes, those will eventually begin to come out of us. What we need to do is we need to speak the truths of Christ. How do we do that, church? We do that by what you're doing right now. We spend time in the podcast with your Bibles open, with your hearts open, with your notebooks open, and you take notes, and then you go back and look at this. 
Examine what I've told you today by the scripture and make sure that what I tell you is scriptural. Hold to what is true. And if there's something that I've mistaken or I've messed up, please throw that out. Hold to the truth of the scripture. For out of that scripture, out of that scripture, you will grow and you'll be a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.